Well, I can, I can, my, my name is Thomas Davis, and I was uh, born in Salisbury in 1934, and uh, moved here uh, after the war started, and probably about 1942 we moved in Chestertown. While I was in Salisbury, uh, my father was the manager of an AMP store, which was a little rinky-dick stores in those days, and he had a friend who worked who worked in the radio station in Salisbury, which was a big thing in those days also. So he took us, me and my brother, who was three years older, to the radio station on Sunday to just see the operation of the radio station. Well, we were, lo and behold, we were there on December the 7th at 12 o'clock, and all this activity was going on, and what it was, they were announcing the bombing of Pearl Harbor. So we got to experience a little bit of that, but I don't remember it too much. All I remember is we were there when they bombing, when it was announced on the radio that there had been Pearl Harbor and been bombed, and they didn't know the damage at that particular time. So do you remember some of your emotions at the time, or just? Well, no, because see, I was only, uh, let's see, 34, uh, 35, 36, 37, 38, 39, 40, 41. I was only like six years old, mm. you know, six, seven years old. Yeah. I don't remember too much, six years old. Yeah. But anyway, after that, uh, eventually uh, they closed my father's store because they were building a bigger store, and we moved to he transferred him to Centerville, and uh, I went to second grade in Centerville, and he had a store there, and he closed that store because of the war was on pretty strong then, and everybody had little corner stores. The, the, the big chain stores weren't that much in existence, particularly in small towns. Mm -hmm. And we moved to Chestertown, my grandfather was uh, retired, his wife was deceased, and he lived on uh, Washington Avenue. He was a, a tenant farmer for many, many years, and then when he retired, he was county assessor for a right good many years. And we moved to Chartertown to sort of look after him, and uh, we lived there and took care of him. My father went to work at that time at the defense plant, which they were making making uh, fuses for hand grenades. Mm -hmm. And that's a little fuse that looked like a little teeny tiny gun with powder and a detonator on it. And what it did, it sat inside of the pineapple, which is a, called a hand grenade, it was a pineapple. All that is filled with powder with all these metal casings around it. And the fuse, all it did was it set the powder on fire and blew, blew the thing up. Was he there doing the explosion? At the well, no, but no, no. That was the firecracker plant, the same plant, but that was after the war. And I think it was in 1953 or 54. Mm -hmm. See, that was after the war and they converted into a firecracker plant. And I'll tell you about my experience, well, I can tell you about my experience with that. At that particular time, I was uh, graduated from high school and uh, I was employed for CMP Telephone Company as a lineman. Mm -hmm. And uh, what we did back in those days, we put up poles and cross-armed and strung, strung what we call wire. And we were working up on uh, 213 uh, on the road to go from Vonnie's, if you know, well, Molly's today it's called, towards Still Pond. And I was up the pole and we had a big line truck as all we had was just a driver, a foreman, and three, uh, three linemen. And I heard this explosion and I looked toward Chester Town and, and now we're, 
were at least uh, 10 miles from it. Yeah. And I could hear the explosion. I looked the truck down. I could see black smoke. And I hollered down to the foreman. I said, Mr. Bright, there's something happening in town. You better call in. So in those days, we could tap into the wire. And I dropped him a wire down on the ground. And he got the operator and called in. And they said, the fence plant is blew up. I mean, the firecracker plant is blew up. Come to town immediately. So we filled it, everything up and went to town, and on the way to town, we were on the main road, 213, and it was rescue ambulances and rescue vehicles, one after another, going to Chestertown. And when we got to town, we had to uh, place some uh, wires for the press, and that was my limit to the firecracker plant, yeah. except all the damage that had happened in the town. Now, the uh, National Guard was called out immediately because what happened downtown there, some of the great big plain glass windows, as big as these windows here of the supermarket there on right on High Street, they blew them completely out. Glass everywhere. So it was all open, open windows, so the National Guard guarded it. And they did not have any rioting like it would happen today, because right. they would riot everything. Yeah. So, were you li did, when you and your family lived in Chestertown, were you actually in town or just a little bit outside? On Washington Avenue. Washington Avenue. Okay. You know where the college is. Yeah. You know the the first. You know where the school building that they're tearing down. Mm -hmm. The building that was my high school. Yeah. Uh, was uh, one, two, three, four, four houses down from it. That's where I lived during the war years okay. and so, a little bit after uh, the war years. So during the war, you had a paper route? Correct? I had a paper route, and uh, I cut grass, and uh, I weeded gardens, and I picked tomatoes on the farms, and uh, hitchhiked wherever I wanted to go. <laughs> I didn't hitchhike on my paper route. I had a bicycle, but that's, that's the way we operated. And I've got had plenty of money. <laughs> so did, when you were delivering these newspapers, I assume the war was pretty much front and center on the headlines of most of the newspapers. Well, you you've seen this once, yeah. yeah. Well, that's that's what that's what that's what you would see, you know. every day, that's what you would see. Something so we, like it. So is that were you keeping up with the war through the? Well, when I not. Not through the papers because uh, I wasn't that much. Well, we did. I did look at the headlines probably, but uh, way most of the news that you got was from your uh, theater, from the movies. Ah, so like you the know, newsreels before. Yeah, it would be the newsreels, and they would show you show you the movies, and uh, you know every 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 time the new movie came or every day the movie was there, they had the newsreels, but it was very, very, uh, very well done, really. Yeah. Were they, um, were they like the propaganda films or just... Oh, no, no. Well, propaganda for the United States. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I assume they were. They didn't, you didn't realize it at the time, but, yeah. you know, they were bragging about what they were doing, mm -hmm. but sometimes they were getting their ass kicked, too. Yeah. You know, and they'd tell you that, mm -hmm. you know. You, you don't have to cancel that. <laughs> Well, they would sell, they would advertise to buy war bonds. Oh, yeah. Uh, that was yeah. all over through yeah. the school. Yeah, they would buy war bonds. And we did buy war bonds. Everybody bought war bonds, and, and everything was rationed. Yeah. You had no sugar, and you had the, uh, you had no sugar at all. I mean, like Hershey bars, that was unheard of. Yeah. Uh, plenty of cigarettes. But uh, gasoline was rationed, food was rationed. Anything dealing with automobiles was rationed. Mm -hmm. You had wage controls. Uh, what else, Susie? You remember? Because she was on the farm, she could get a little bit more than what we did. did. But everybody had a garden. We called them Victory Gardens. Victory Gardens yeah. And I, we started a garden in, in, back, in, back in the 40s. We had a Victory Garden on Washington Avenue in the back, backyard. It was pretty good size. And uh, it was no frozen foods. You canned everything, or you ate it, or canned it, or yeah. give it away. And we've I've had a garden ever since, you know. Yeah. 
We got one right out there now. <laughs> did um, did the rationing that affect your father's business? Was that the reason? Well, after after no, it didn't it didn't affect his business because he was uh, he was a worker. I mean, he was working in the factory basically. The, okay. the, the, what he did what he did out to the defense plant was he mixed powder. Yeah. And they would mix up a certain amount of power and they would transport it from him to other buildings and they would have a line and like with regular factory workers mm -hmm. and they would do whatever they did. I don't know. Yeah. I've never went in there. Uh -huh. It was all very secure. Yeah. You know, you had to go through gates and war gates and all that kind of uh -huh. stuff. You know, they had guards. Yeah. <laughs> but then after the war was over, uh, then he went to work for frozen food was beginning to come in and he went to work for a frozen food locker. Okay. And uh, he slaughtered uh, beef and animals and then managed the frozen food locker and uh, until his health declined, that's what he did. Mm -hmm. So during the war, did you have a lot, any family or friends that were in the service? No, I had an older brother, but he was, his health wasn't always that good and uh, he was classified as 4-H. Four he had to go, he had to go big. He didn't have to go be examined in the city because he was examined by a local doctor because he had written a letter about his health problems and he was classified as 4-H. Mm -hmm. That meant you couldn't be drafted. Yeah. Now my father, his age and two children just kept ahead of the draft age. Yeah. <laughs> just so he wouldn't legal, he wouldn't go because he was too old and then the next year they'd raise it up. Of course he was a year older, uh -huh. so he wouldn't go again. So he was exempt from service? Well, he was exempt, but he he was always looked at all the time. They uh -huh. they knew where the ages were. Yeah. You know. And they would take you, you know. Yeah. I was drafted myself. But, and was that during the Korean War? Or oh no, mom was after the Korean War. I was drafted in 1955, 19, uh, 55 to 57, I was in the service. And I was in the MPs, I was, had a security clearance, and we guarded uh, a very secure uh, base, mm -hmm. you know, very secure. Oh yeah, well you had to be, I was working, Back in those days, you you could get jobs anywhere. I was going, you know, I was started off. Uh, I had work at the uh, little Acme Market downtown, right on High Street, just a little old store, mm -hmm. and had a manager and two or three employees. And then when I started being investigated, you had to sign all these sign all these uh, references and everything. And I was earmarked to be to be, get a secure clearance when I was in uh, basic training. Two weeks in basic training, then I was programmed to go to be earmarked, and it took them a year to clear me. Mm -hmm. And they would go, went to the uh, foreman or the manager of the AMP store, and they said, would you, would you, I said, we're investigating, we're the FBI, we're investigating Thomas Davis in the service, says so he's gonna be in, in security. Uh, would you have, if you had money and you gave him money to carry it somewhere, would you trust him? He said, I'd trust him with everything I got. <laughs> so that's the way it went, uh -huh. you know. Yeah. And everybody knew everybody in this uh -huh. little town. Yeah. They don't today, but they did then. Mm -hmm. So how long did you stay in the service? Two years. Two years. Two years. It was in Texas. Texas, okay. Well, basic training was in North, South Carolina and then MPs was in Georgia. And then I went out to Texas for a year and a half. Yeah. So, so during the war, do you remember any air raids or drills that would happen? Well, they didn't have air raids. Well, I guess they did have air raids, but they did have air raid wardens. Mm -hmm. And every once in a while, somebody would be programmed to be a warden, and you'd do a do something at a certain night yeah. of your month, you know, whatever. However, it was programmed. I can't remember that. And uh, where the turret in that building down now on, High, on Washington Avenue, the next street was the last street in Chestertown going towards the river. Mm -hmm. And out 
side of next to that street was just farmland. And they had a little shack out there, and that's where the air raid wardens would go, and they could look for, they would spot for airplanes, uh -huh. you know. And they walked the streets, too, you know, in case. But it was never, never, any, never anything that went on no. at all. So you, you never felt um, threatened? In no, 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 yeah. no. Well, you always threw a childish type thing. You thought some people were spies because they had a German name. Uh -huh. You know, <laughs> yeah, stuff like that. And, and that maybe in the teeth, but telling them about where the tires were. Oh yeah, well they had, you know, everything was rationed, so you know, there was some black market done, but you you just rolled rolled with it. But we would go down back of the custom house where the college owns. Back behind that, there was a a building, long narrow building. And uh, they had front doors on it, but the front doors were all locked. And there was a nice tree alongside that building, and I could climb, we could climb that tree. I mean, it'd be two or three of us boys, two boys, three boys. We'd climb that tree and get on that roof, because it was down by the river. We always played down by the river. And there was a skylight, so we opened up the skylight and dropped down inside, and inside were rows and rows and rows of tars. So this is where the black market was located? Well, that's where they were stored, uh -huh. you know, and they sold them at his business. Uh -huh. So this was behind the custom house? Was it back there now? No, oh. that's where it was. That's yeah, where it was. Like, that's where the building was. Yeah. Small building, uh -huh. you know, it was, it was like three garages, or four, yeah. four garages together, uh -huh. you know, for the little houses alongside the custom house. Yeah. They all had garages back in there. During the war, that's where they had rented those garages, or I don't know exactly, because I'm too young to know, but that's where all these cars were. Was it, was it something that was kind of, un, like, did a lot of people in the town know about it? Did the Not that I know of. Okay. I guess the owner knew about it, and uh -huh. we knew about it. So the authorities never no, came and raided no, it or anything? No, okay. no, 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 no. <laughs> Because we work in the custom house, that's. I know, I know. <laughs> We've been hearing about this black market, but we never. Well, there was nothing, nothing ever known about it. I mean, the the man, the man who we thought, who I assume, mm -hmm. had the tars, was uh, had a business on on uh, Maple Avenue, which is the bridge road, Bridge yeah. Street, and he sold tars. But, you know, you. It, you still had to have coupons and tickets to buy the tars. Yeah. You know, if, but how he got them, I couldn't tell you. Or yeah. maybe it wasn't even him, maybe somebody else. I don't know. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, I'm too young to know. Yeah. So what else did you sort of do for fun during the war? You mentioned going to the movies. Was there anything else that you... Well, well we went to the movies a lot. Well, not a lot, but we'd go every Saturday afternoon. We'd always go to the movies Saturday afternoon. And that's where you get the newsreel and get to watch the comics twice, and then they'd have Hopalong Caster or Gene Autry or somebody. Yeah. You know? <laughs> um, and uh, a lot of times, what what we would what we did a couple of times, we went up the Stamps Hall up there where the town clock is, and got up there into the town clock on Saturday, and when she struck twelve, we'd hit it with a great big metal bar was up there, I'd make it go 13. <laughs> then we'd, we could get out get out on the roof and walk about three roofs down and lo and hold where it was a skylight and open the skylight up, we could get in there and it was a movie projection room. Ah. So we dropped down in the projection room, nobody in there and out here, the movie starts at uh. one o'clock or two o'clock, two o'clock probably. We'd drop down there and it was dark and we walk, walks to get our way out, get between the seats and lay down. And when the movie started, we'd sit up and watch the movie. So you'd, you know. so you'd sneak in the movie. We'd sneak in the movies. That's you, one way. You saved your nickel. Yeah. That was one way. And the movies owned it back in those days, all depends your age. Uh, you could get in the movie for 13 cents, or if you were older than that, it was 12 cents. Oh, okay. So you could stand outside the movie and said, here come Bill. Bill, I, I need one more penny to get in the movie. All right, I got a penny. He'd give you a penny. 
Now, what? Oh, here comes John. John, I need one more penny to get in the movie. He can give you a penny. So, after all, you get 12, 13 uh -huh. cents, you're going in the movie. Yeah. Did you ever get caught doing this? No. <laughs> I, got, I got caught one time. One time I got caught. Uh, there was a five and dime store. I don't want to sue my not even do this. Five and dime store on High Street. And whenever you went in there, you always, always go back and look at the toys, you know. You know, go back and look and see how many toys in there. Well, I went in there and went back and looked at the toys. And Mrs. Fox, she was, her, her, her and her husband were run the store. Fine people. And they were fine, next door neighbors. They were very friendly with them. And they knew my mother and father, knew me. And I walked went in there with a little little flag about that big with a stamp. I picked that flag up and put it in my put it in my belt. I walked down and said, Thomas, put that flag back or I'm gonna tell your mother. So that scared the shit out of me. So I put her back. You know. She never told my mother. She probably wouldn't have, I don't know. <laughs> now, next door talking about next door. Next door to us there was a gentleman by the name of Henry Gill. He was a prominent businessman. Bernice Fox was also a prominent businessman. George Kellis, uh, Mr. Kellis was a prominent businessman. Paul Sapala had a shoe store. But anyway, Henry Gill, Henry Gill had two, two daughters and two sons. And both sons were drafted, and both of the daughters were married, and they were drafted. So all four women during the war came back and lived in that house next door to us with the, the mother and the father. And that's where it was in the service. Yeah, that's did, did the homes that had um, servicemen or women, did they have stars on them or there's little Yeah, pins? everybody had a star, you know. We didn't because there was nobody in our family that went in the service. But they, they, that house would have had four stars because yeah. it was four of the family members were in the service. Now, if somebody was killed, you'd have a, have a star on a blue blue flag, I think it was, uh -huh. a blue flag. Yeah. Uh, and some of them lived, uh, lived in apartments across the street from us with a funeral home, but up on the third floor was an apartment house. The prominent lady, her husband, he was in the service at the time, and that's where, that's where she lived. She had a child there. Where they lived, they lived in apartments and whatever. Yeah. Few, very few apartments, but they would find one there once in a while. So, do you remember? We've been hearing um, some stories about that there were German POWs on farms around. <coughs> well, Texas. they had a PW plant on a uh, PW uh, uh, station or wherever between Churchill and Centerville. Uh -huh. When you go to Centerville, if you know you know where Centerville, know yeah. well on 213, well you ride down the road, there's a place there on the left hand side outside of Churchill, little ways, and they sell culverts. It's a sporty storm for the county. Great big black culverts, the plastic black. You know what a culvert is? Goes underneath the road and they let the water run underneath the road. Big long, big long corrugated pipe is what it is. Huge. That's where that's where the prison camp was, uh -huh. and they had one one wire fence around it. That's all, mm -hmm. and I didn't was never inside of it or anything like that. And what they would do, they would load them up in a in a truck, and they or a bus. They'd bring them to town, and right there where 7-Eleven uh, is right now, yeah. they would dump them off there, and the farmers would go in, pick them up, take them out. Work them and bring them back at a certain time. They'd be there, pick them up, take them back to the prison. You know, never any problem, never any problem. They weren't supposed to feed them, but a friend of ours that we knew, he fed them. They weren't supposed to give him lunch, but they did. They always gave him lunch, you know, because she would, she would feed anybody. Mm -hmm. And uh, they became very good friends with some of the Germans that worked out there. One of them particularly became very good friend. And he turned after he got out, got back in Germany, he come back, didn't he? He was, went to the University of Maryland yeah. and then majored in agriculture and worked for the state. Oh, yeah, so he came back. And mm -hmm. Did you ever interact with them or did you ever see them? Not, not that I knew them. You know, you could, no, I mean, didn't know their names, but you would yeah. see them. 
I mean, you weren't frightened. Oh, they're the prisoner. You know, weren't frightened. <laughs> yeah. And they'd be in their uniform, striped uniform, PW on it, uh-huh. prisoner of war. That's what they were, you know. Yeah. <clears throat> and there was never any guards with them. Where the hell were they going to go? They weren't yeah. going to go anywhere. They were living good. Yeah. yeah. They weren't over in the action. Yeah. When you look at these pictures and that thing there with yeah. them, uh, them starving children. Yeah. You know, and it was real too. Mm. There's, there's the murder victim. Mm-hmm. Now, I, now I fired the war. We fired. We fired. I had a big map. Oh, it was probably three foot by eight foot. A big map and had a whole world on it, and you had little little pins with flags on them, and you followed the advancement of, of the, what those pins. Uh-huh. Every day you would see it, or see it, hear it on the radio, or in the paper, or on the movies, and you would move these pins of where you be, where they were. Mm-hmm. Japan also, Japan and yeah. Germany both. So is this in your house or something? No, in my house. Okay. Yeah, in my bedroom. I kept it in my bedroom. Oh, so you had a little... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Quite interesting. Yeah, so you were really keeping up with... Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So what do you remember about D-Day and the end of the war? Well, D-Day, you know when it was? Um, June 6th, 44th. Wasn't too long ago, was it? I flew my flag that day. Uh Yeah. It was a sad, it was, uh, after it was all over with, it was a joyous time, but it was sad too because so many people were killed in it. Mm-hmm. And uh, and it was, when you ever get to see the movie, The Longest Day, that really predicts the way, way it is, yeah. you know, what it was, according to the news now, you know. Uh-huh. And uh, it, it, was, it was bad, but they got through it. And it, that was a, a big undertaking, and it could have failed very easy. Yeah. You know. So did you still have your paper route by D-Day? You still delivering? Yeah. Oh yeah. I'm pretty sure I did. I can't. I can't always remember that. Yeah. You know. Uh, I don't know what year was D. What what year was D-Day? Forty two. I think it was forty four. Forty four. Yeah. yeah. It could have been. I don't know if it's in this book or not. I think. I think there was a couple articles towards the end about. Yeah, a couple yeah, of headlines. Well, it was World War and then they went to Japan. Russia declared war on Japan. That was a big thing. War Europe is over with full, with full surrender. See, that was a v, v, VG, VE day. VE day. Then 45, that's what war was over. Here they're crossing the lower Rhine, push five lands inland, four lands by air behind the foe, links up with the others. So you, just, you would see this and you would know you would know where our line was. Uh-huh. You know, and that's where you kept your map. See now it would be the British British was there. We were here. We were here, we were here. I uh, can't re- recognize that flag. And then of course the Russians were over here. That's the U.S. That first Army. That's all they yeah. had. They had their own flag. Captured in Cologne. <clears throat> Cologne was a was a was a manufacturing city, and uh, they bombed and bombed and bombed and just about leveled that place. Yeah. And when were, when did were were we in Cologne? <laughs> I, I don't remember the date, but of course they had built the whole city new. Mm-hmm. because everything had been wiped out. Yeah. And when you would go to the city, you could see everything was white, pretty walls. You know, the outside was not grimy and, and mm-hmm. oily and dirty. It was all fresh. And, you know, all of a sudden, a brand new city right where the old city was. Yeah. But when we were there, there was one square. The bombs never bombed. Oh, so... That's where the church was. And they saved that church. And we saw that church. Remember that, too? Beautiful square. And Mm -hmm. they didn't bomb it. Mm -hmm. I guess, you know, we're pretty sure of that, too. Yeah. Well, 
when did you go to France? Huh? When did you go to France? Oh, that was, that was way back. Uh, she was teaching at Kent School, and she took a group of kids to uh, Europe, and uh, I went, she went, and our oldest daughter, our youngest daughter went, and that we, we uh, toured, we went in England first, went into London, and toured London, and then we went, uh, took, took the ferry to uh, France, because the tunnel wasn't there then, and then from we toured France and Paris, and then from there we took a night train to Lucerne, Switzerland, toured Switzerland, then we worked our way over into Germany, and toured some of Germany, and uh, then we flew back out of Frankfurt, Germany. I wish they could have stayed more in Germany. Mm-hmm. So do you remember... Um Anything about the atomic bomb, the news about that? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. See, where I was, what I was gardening, I'm putting almost positive that's what they were making. Mm. They make atomic bomb. Because every, about every once a month, you go on alert, and everything was locked down, basically, and it had uh, tunnels all back into the, into the mountains. Yeah. And they would come out with one bomb and take it to to an Air Force base right there next to it, put it on air, one airplane and fly it out of there. Wow. And once a month they would do that. Oh, yeah. Now, I don't know whether it was an atomic bomb or not, but that's what I surmised it was. Yeah. We never saw, I mean, you couldn't see it. You could, I couldn't go in. All I could do was guard a door and let certain passes go in there, that's all. Uh, so is this uh, in... Chestertown? No, it was in Texas. Oh, in te- okay, so when like I was during the, your time in the service. When I was okay. in the service. Okay, see. When I was in the MPs. Mm-hmm. Right, so, plumb, right plumb in the middle. Uh-huh. So when the war ended, was there a sense of relief in Chestertown, celebration? Or? Well, I can't recall that. It must have been somehow or another. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, of course, the only, you, the only way you really got the news when something like Ed Indy would be the paper, which wouldn't be until the next day or so, and the radio. You know, everybody always listened to the radio. I mean, you had their, your, you had shows on the radio just like they had shows on TV that you would watch. And there would be certain things on the radio, and you would hear the news. And they would tell you, they would have, they would interrupted the radio when the war was over. Mm-hmm. Of course, they're pretty, pretty much you pretty much knew it was going almost over. Yeah. You know, when they were in Germany and they and the Russians were coming one way and we were going the other into Berlin yeah. and they didn't know where Hitler was and uh, and uh, you knew you knew he was over, you know. Yeah. So well, we celebrated I lived out in the country in Virginia mm-hmm. and we celebrated by going to our ice cream cone uh, a mile down the road to the little country store, and that was the outing. Uh-huh. <laughs> so there's a little bit of celebration. I, no, yeah. Yeah. I guess we did. Uh-huh. I mean, I mean, yeah. she she was in Virginia. I was here. So did uh, did the rationing stop immediately after the war? I or? can't remember, but I wouldn't think so. Uh-huh. No. Went on no. a little bit. And when, you know, the, the, uh, all the soldiers all started coming back home. And, of course, I was older then, and, uh, and they built what they call it up to the college. I, I was up to the college a lot. We played up there a lot. Yeah. You know, it wasn't really as big as it is now. But when after the war was over, it grew up leaps and bounds in a sense. And they built Quonset huts, and it was called GI, GI dorms. Yeah. And they had like three Quonset huts up there where they put the, the GIs in there. And that's where they went to school, you know. Mm-hmm. They built on the campus. Yeah. You know, just around, you know what a Quonset hut is? I can, is it just like a big kind of dorm house or what? No, it was, it, it's like a, a, a great big culvert, great big metal culvert just like that. Oh, so it's not really a permanent... Well, no, they made it permanent because they, okay. they heated it and put bids in it. Oh, it was in Quonset huts in here or not, see, well, probably. The, the, the prison camp was like a Quonset hut, and you can yeah. see that 
going past Churchill now on the uh -huh. left when you're going out. Yeah. It, it was a, a circular building, rounded building, um, very you, flimsy. Uh -huh. um, but it was made out of metal, you know, about yeah. a cement floor, heated lights, water, yeah. bathrooms all in there. Yeah. And it that's, was not, that's not luxurious. But that was, it was quick, you know. Uh -huh. So there was a lot of expansion by yeah. the college after the war? Yeah, yeah, uh -huh. yeah, yep. Did that change the town in any way, having more college students? It is now, but it didn't, didn't then. It wasn't, it wasn't, wasn't that tremendous, really. Uh, I don't know, maybe. It was gradual, gradual. Not, Yeah, gradual. it was very gradual. The college, the college probably only had maybe 200 students at that time. It was only uh, the three buildings up on top of the hill there. That was that were the dorms there. Reed Hall was a dorm where the, where the girls were, and uh, that's all. That's all the dorms there were. Yeah, and they had they had the uh, where where you eat over up on that part there, and then they had a gymnasium. And next to the gymnasium was the administration building. Next to that was the library, and next to that was the chemistry building. And that was it. Yeah. You know. And then they had a, a heat plant back on the other street. You know, that was it. So, is there anything else that you want to add? Anything that we forgot to ask you about your experiences during World War II in Chestertown? Well. Somebody asked me one time, uh, a man who came away from here and played golf with him and everything, and he said, you were raised in Chestertown, weren't you? I told him, yeah. He said, when, when, was, when do you, would you consider the best time that you were in Chestertown, you know? Mm. And it was quite, quite a thing, I, and I thought about it for a while. I would probably would say it was between 1950 and 1955, long in that era was the best time that in my age of my life in living in Chestertown. So the town had a little bit of a surge after the war? Not necessarily. It wasn't noticeable. It wasn't noticeable, you know. Uh, and I can't, I can't remember anything about unemployment, really. I, it must have, been, must have had employment. But I can't, I can't remember about it. I mean, we didn't have any factories here. The only thing we had was a vital food pickle plant, yeah. and that was uh, that was probably during the war. I would think even uh, the hospital was there, but it was very, very small. You know, mm -hmm. it didn't hard, didn't have Dave Bramble, didn't have had State Road maybe. Now, Dave Bramble, you know Bramble, the con contractor? I've heard the name before. Well, he was a pilot in, in World War II ah, in, okay. in Europe, in Europe. He's deceased now. And there's another man that flew in World War II, which he's still living. And he, he, he's, uh, I don't know whether Harold was a pilot or not. I think he was. I thought he was. I thought he was, too. A pilot or navigator, one or the other. Does he still live in Chestertown? Yeah. yeah he's here. Yeah. Harold Joyner. Harold Joyner. We will check it. Yeah. Somebody could, we have several different teams that yeah. have gone out but, and interviewed. But he, yeah, he would be very knowledgeable about the, mm -hmm. being in the war. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, do you have any contact information for him? That uh, I'll find yourself. Okay, that would be great. Find what? The contact information. I don't, we don't have phone books anymore, so I don't know. Yeah. Well, he, li he, lives, he lives on, uh, Kent Street, Kent Street, which is Riverside of Kent, Cir Kent Circle, and changed into Kent Street once it hit Washington Avenue. Mm -hmm. He lives straight down that street. Okay, so he's right in town. Yeah, right in town, okay. before the bend. It's a, um, yeah, it, you, you can look it up in the internet, the phone numbers, can't you? Uh, there's yellowpages.com. Yeah, yeah, we could probably. It would have to be white pages, because oh, now white the telephone pages. books are coming out and have all yellow pages, uh, and you can't find residential. They don't have any resident listing at all. Oh. Mm -hmm. 
they want you to dial 411 so they can charge you after a while. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, thank you so much. This has yeah. been an incredible yeah. conversation. Thank you for, okay. for having us. Well, you can come back. You want to. You want to know more. Oh, yeah. And we'll, and we'll, um, we'll update you on the information about um, the events that we're going to have in the fall. Um, That'd be nice. Yeah, yeah. if you want to mm -hmm. come out and do you have the release? Yes. Because yeah. um, we might use some of the some of the highlights from the interview in some of our productions later, or for the River Arts Gallery Festival. So, um, if you, I mean, feel free to read this. But if um, if he could um, sign this to say that we can use his uh, use the interview for those purposes and also for the archives at Washington College. Um, if you want, you don't need me to sign it, just him. I mean, I have really contributed. I mean, if you actually want to sign, both sign the same form. Yeah, you can, uh, yeah, you can both sign I it. Did, I did like your ice cream story about the little Yeah, <laughs> both, yeah, if we have both of you sign it, that'll be good. You see, this, 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 this was bad when they started uh, having those uh, rockets coming over into Germany, oh, yeah. you know. So the Japs are using it here, I guess. Exploded part of it hits England. Wow. So there, there's one I'm blind. Do you uh, remember if a German like Messerschmitt plane was paraded through Chestertown at all? Or I'm not understanding you, hon. Do you remember if a plane was paraded through Chestertown, like a German plane? No, I don't remember. It, there was never any demonstrations or anything like that, you know, before or after the war or anything. Now, the 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 uh, one that had the Freedom March, which we call them the Freedom March, is when the when the segregation problem come about, and they had a had a march then, yeah. But that had it didn't have anything to do with the war. Yeah. And so you've kept this, they gave this to you as a gift, right? I'm sure I bought it. It only cost 50 cents. Oh, 50 cents. But yeah. I, I, you know, I was the paper boy for the evening bulletin. Oh, okay. And I, I probably bought it. Yeah. And the other book, I was trying to look and see if I could find you a Quonset hut. I can, we can Google it. We'll, <laughs> well, it's, it, it's just like a, it's like a, a, a great big, great big metal pipe. Uh -huh. Corrugated pipe and cut off the bottom and yeah. cement and come down, bolted down, and like that. That was it. <laughs> and so they'd have a lot of GIs to one of these huts. Yeah, yeah. They lived in there. Uh, well, they, they had them. They really they had them. They had them on the bases too, uh, Quonset huts, because when the, they couldn't build the bases uh, quick enough to yeah. to. Uh, train the troops. So they put these Quonset huts up, which was their billets. Low battery. You tell, <laughs> tell me something. Okay, you can you can sign this. Okay. What's that one? What's that? What's that? I had lost the, the battleship Prince of Wales here and they jumped the hell overboard. Okay. Well, that's interviewer. You're the interviewee. You signed it right up top of me. Yeah, that's supposed to be the date. What is the day? Uh, today's the 11th, June 11th. I was going to let them, they can fill out the rest. Oh, yeah, yeah, we can yeah. fill out the rest. Yeah, we got yeah. the rest. <laughs> no worries. Okay. Yeah. So that basically just says um, yeah. Yeah, we're going to use your board. All that does is clarity in case I won't come back and see you or something. <laughs> I'm not going to see you. Let's see. Uh, six, 11, there, 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 there's are going into Japan. I mean, going into Hawaii. Jeez.
as you all know about the um, cemetery, it, it, the Ducks Cemetery, Mount, Mount Garden, I think it's how you pronounce it. Um, Is that in town? No, 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 in, in Holland. Oh, oh in Holland. In Holland. Okay. I, I missed the, it. The Dutch people um, maintain the uh, cemetery that is uh, filled with American soldiers, and they um, they learned who the different individuals were, and they've written to the families, and they maintain the, the cemetery uh, year after year, ever since the war, and they hand it down from generation to generation that, uh, uh, for their children to maintain. They take it very seriously in appreciation for what uh, the GIs did for them, the American forces. There was the article in the Washington Post not too long ago, but um, it's very touching to know that the country is appreciated that much. Interesting. Now can you imagine this? This is Dunkirk. You ever you read anything about Dunkirk? I don't think so. Dunkirk is when the British British were fighting the Russians, a uh, fighting the Germans in uh. Denmark. Denmark. No, no. Dunkirk is the is the crossing of the channel. Oh, they okay. were fighting okay. the Germans. And they were they were beat. They were beat. Uh. They couldn't had to get out. And they they uh, sur didn't surrender, but they, they evacuated. And this is them lining up to get into the channel, to get on the boat and go across the channel to England. Thousands and thousands and thousands of them. And this is where they lined them up like that, watered in the climb. And they would go over there in any kind of damn boat they could find out of England to go get them, you know. They were, they were being the... Uh, the British uh, were American, weren't Americans, Americans and it was weren't the, there, no. the British were being pushed off of the continent. Yeah. And from from England, the the people with any kind of boat that would travel went across the channel to take them off of the shore and get them back alive. Mm. This must have been at the beginning of the war when England it was the early part of the war. Well, it, it, it doesn't know. This here, this here is uh, September the fifth, nineteen thirty. September the third, nineteen thirty nine. See, yeah, we didn't, you know, there was some some discussion whether to go to war or not. There was a lot of yeah. people in the Senate and Congress that didn't want us to do it. Yeah, you know, but Churchill. Got it done. In my lifetime, from from Churchill to the present day presidents, Churchill, I mean uh, Roosevelt, was the best president we had. Mm. And next to him would be Truman. In your oh, you keep telling my battery's dead. All right, <laughs> that scares me. <laughs> that thing pretty smart. Yeah, that would scare me too. Huh? Could you hear it? Yeah, I heard. I heard it. I was like, "Wait, what?" And my grandfather has one of those. Now. You thought it was your battery? Yeah, yeah. he has a newest new. Oh, okay. But uh, it takes. He's been without it for a while, so it takes a while to get used to it. Yeah. But you'll you'll get that far if your grandparents have it. Then is that what you said? Your grandparents. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you so much yeah. for showing us the stuff. Mm -hmm. Like that's like awesome. That thing, yeah, that is. I, I don't know if you could ever find. Well, that I think or not. I think what was the lady's name? I think she was going to try to find and get get a uh, copy of it. Oh uh, yeah, I think Laney was trying to do that. We copyrighted in 1946 Bolton Company. If they're still in business, yeah. you know, that's a long while ago. Damn fly down there. We scanned a couple of the of the key pages of that one. Yeah, and, mm -hmm. yeah. and this book here, what I, what I said before, my grandfather, my grandfather had a, a money invested in in had stock in uh, Newport New Shipbuilding and the Dry Dock. They would build ships, 
and uh, and they built all these ships that you see, and this is Pearl Harbor right there with the USS Virginia on flame. There's the Oklahoma, and there's the Maryland, USS Maryland. And they built all these ships. Mm, look at that cheese. But you could go, it, I lived or visited Newport News on occasion. We were not that far from there. But you would go to Newport News in Norfolk. I don't know if you've ever been there. I've been like in the area, but not. Mm. Well, of course, it's all on the water, and they, they did the shipbuilding, and it, it was a, a, a Navy facility. Yeah. But you would go to the city, and there was nothing but sailors everywhere. It was just full of, of military people. You hardly saw any men civilians in the whole mm. uh, different cities there. It, and they had ferries, didn't have the bridges in. The ferries would go across to the different places, but it was all loaded with sailors. I, I, when I left uh, basic training, this had been in 19, 1955. I had a took a ride, got a ride to, uh, got a ride to Baltimore, got a ride to Baltimore with a, uh, a cook that worked in, in that area in where, where we're training and he he charged you to, to take you to Baltimore I took went to Baltimore and uh, he let I said put let me out on route 40 now route 40 is the one that comes in Elkton like and I was in uniform I had my duffel bag and I got out on route 40 and I put my thumb up and somebody come and pick me up and he took me down Route 40, put me right where you turn, do 213 and go down. Mm -hmm. I got out, I said, I want to go down 213. They got out, got my duffel bag, got my uniform. Somebody picked me up, took me right on in, right on in Chestertown, stopped right in front of my house. I got out, walked in my home, <laughs> went hitchhiking. Wow. They'd pick you up, well, you, you know. That's where you did, you know. I hitchhiked to Betterton one time, three times in one day. We go down there and swim, you know, yeah. chase the girls and whatever. <laughs> Three times in one day. Yeah, how do you manage that? Like, huh? Did you like come back and then go back? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, they would pick you up immediately, you know, because they knew where you're going. They knew who I was. They knew where you were going. <laughs> if they weren't going, they they drop you off to the next road. That would be take you on the better and somebody else. They'd come by and pick you up. They knew you. Everybody knew everybody in, in putting there in all Kent County. Wow. In Chestertown, everybody knew everybody. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. It's different. Yeah. Yeah, yeah a lot different now. <laughs> and you knew most of the time you knew their names. You know, my brother, he knew he knew everybody. <laughs> he worked. He worked at the post office. <laughs> Yeah, it's been, it's been a lot of fun. We got a lot of great stories, stuff we haven't heard about mm -hmm. before. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Do, do you think? Do you think through your uh, classes and lessons, or just in general, that the young people 